teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want to go to Matthew 6, 24 first, and it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's a difference between faithfulness and loyalty. You can be faithful, uh, like Dr. Dufresne has said, you can be on time, you can be faithful and be on time, but loyalty is a whole nother level. All right? Uh, This is talking primarily about finances, but how many know that it applies to all areas of our life? No one can serve two masters. Well, what master should we serve? Yeah, obviously. Uh, The Spirit of Christ who lives inside of us. That's who we serve. For either he will hate, and the word hate means to love less. You you see, you you probably didn't know that, maybe you did, but that word hate, you might think, well, I don't hate anybody. But that's not what that means. It just means that you love something less because you cannot love one and then in some way not love the other less. Okay? And then it also talks about, uh, so no one can have two masters, for either he will hate or love the one less and, and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Well, I don't despise anybody. Pastor Debbie, I certainly don't despise God. Well, I didn't say he despised God in that way, but despise means to ill esteem, to dishonor. Uh, Think little or nothing of. Take for granted, irreverence or belittle. And really, that would mean even the people and the leadership or the pastors or the ministers that he puts in our lives. We, We think that way of God's word. We think that way of we love him and we're supposed to put him first, and uh, although I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but many times we don't. We're, we're growing, right? Are you a work in progress? Yes. We're fish, and we all need cleaned, okay? <laughs> you got some scales? Okay, we got to work on them. I'm glad you're all excited about that. Uh, but anyway, so we can ill-esteem the things that God gives us. Now, what the Lord started dealing with me about, like I said, I, I was writing, I, I could go a thousand different ways. I, I could give you testimonies, I could talk about how we run our departments, I, yada, yada. But let's just do what God wants. Amen. What he has told me to talk about this morning or to minister is what you need. Amen. And more specifically, uh, and the pastors didn't call me up and ask me to minister on this or what have you, but more specifically, the, the Lord dealt with me, I want you to talk about honoring the pastor. And how, how, uh, how can you have an excellent helps ministry without an esteem for the pastor? Yeah. How can you love them less or ill esteem in any way and, and really thrive? And I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody, but I'm just I'm posing the question here. Okay. Now, where to put God first across the board? Of course, uh, let's go ahead and read, Matthew, let's go on down Matthew 6, 33. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about the things of its own. Now, uh, we know that in the Amplified, it means uh, seek first his way of doing things. What is his way of doing things? Well, I want to bring something out here. 
Let's go to that in, in Matthew 6, 34. We just read 33 and 34. But 34, let's uh, look at something. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. That word worry means take thought, care, to have care for, to be anxious. We've all heard that. But there's something else it means. It means to care for, look out for a thing, to seek, to promote one's interest. Caring or providing for. To seek to promote one's interest. Do you know that when you're thinking about things other than what God's word says, when you're thinking about things, maybe even other than what the pastor's taught, when, when you're thinking about, then in, in a way, not really in a way, but you are promoting your own things. Pressing your own things, promoting your own things. And, and again, I'm not being accusative in any way, shape, or form, but I believe that we, we need to look at our heart and we need to look at our motives and say, God, what is it in my life, in my heart, uh, how can I better esteem you? Now, people will say, okay, you're supposed to love God, and then you're supposed to uh, put, you know, put him first, and then your family and then your job, and yeah. then the church. Well, what scripture are you reading? Yeah. Where, where did they get that from? You, you see, loving God and putting him first. And this is a helps conference. Are, are you all here? Amen. Uh, loving God and, and putting him first is across the board. Put him first so you love him. So obviously the local church ought to just be there right up on the top. Because how can you put God first and not honor the pastors, not honor uh, the local church where you're getting fed the yeah. word of God? Yeah. Yeah. And without our pastors, we, we don't get revelation of the word. Well, Pastor Debbie, I can read the word and get revelation at home. Well, I understand, uh, but God has order in the body of Christ. He has divine order, and we're going to talk about some examples of how that divine order... You, you see, God, uh, he, he spoke of Moses as being the most humble man in all the world. And, and then Joshua was a servant of Moses, and basically Joshua, just, Joshua followed him around and, and, and got what he needed, and Joshua became a leader of a nation. Why was that? because first he became a servant. And he understood that revelation was coming from the man of God, and that's what he needed to survive. That's what he needed to, to be successful in life, in ministry. And uh, I, I'm perplexed at times, uh, I'm sure you, you join me in this, uh, about people, they think that the pastor ought to give their all. They think that the pastor ought to give 110%. But when it comes to me, I'll pray about it. You know, Pastor needs help in the nursery. I'll pray about it, Pastor. Are you praying about taking your bass boat out on that Sunday too? <laughs> okay. Uh, because they didn't call me up and, you know, not trying to rake anybody over the coals or anything like that. Um, this is the word. Do you know what correction means? It's just training. It's, it's just training. And, and all of us, you know, I, I'm in a constant state of correction. <laughs> all right. And I'm hardest on myself than anybody else. But I, wanna, I want to hear the word point blank. 
I'm like, okay, God, I need to know because I need to be successful. I need to be prosperous. What does prosperous mean? It, it means to push forward and break out. And in order to push forward and break out of our past mentalities, of course, we've got to renew our minds with the Word of God. But renewing our minds to the Word of God just isn't believe that you receive. And out of the heavenly slot machine comes the answer. Renewing our minds to the Word of God, are we esteeming and putting things first so that we have revelation? Then really our faith is working. Amen? So, praise the Lord. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're all excited about that. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, or if you're writing this down, write this down real quick. So we need to sell out to God 100% across the board. It's not our family, then our job, and then the local church. It's just God. And what has God told us to do? And I personally believe that scripturally speaking, really the local church, if you're going to put it in one, two, three, ought to be at the top. Well, why is that, Pastor Debbie? Well, I've been saying it for the last 10 minutes. It's because that's the place you're getting revelation of the word. And how you esteem the revelation and the vessel that that revelation is coming from is, the, is uh, proportional to how that church is going to grow, be successful, prosper. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I don't minister things that I, I wouldn't want to have ministered at our own church. We, we want things that will help us, don't we? Praise God. Uh, so anyway, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongue. But notice, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Did you know that everyone has a call of God on their life? But I'm not called to be a pastor. Well, you're not called to be a pastor, but we are in the army. We're in boot camp. <laughs> All right? And, how many, uh, have you ever heard the statement, Pastor Jay and I were at the airport and there was some uh, young, uh, I'm trying to be nice, there were some young kids in front of us, it's not those kids, but anyway, <laughs> teenagers in front of us, and, and you know, he, he looked kind of like, uh, you know, yesterday's bird nest and his hair and... Just he was disorganized. And, and, and he was telling his friend, well, I don't believe in organized Christianity. I don't believe all how these pastors and all these ministers. And, and I'm thinking, and Pastor Jay, looking at each other, well, what do you believe in? Disorganized Christianity? <laughs> how many know a company cannot thrive if they're not organized? <laughs> right? I mean, Pastor was talking about, Pastor Jeff was talking about, you can keep your closet clean uh, or your car clean and not clean your closet, and it's going to affect you. Yeah. All right? We teach people across the board, just apply these principles to every area of your life and get organized. Yeah. Now, don't just come to church and try to act yeah. one way and then go home and think that you're going to prosper. Because really, we're negating the very word that we're learning by going home. We're not applying it. All right? 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 
in the Amplified. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it, each part severally and distinct, each with his own place and function. So we all have our own place and function. That's right, individually I'm in the body of Christ. God and I! No, we're members. And there's proper order in the body of Christ. Just like there's proper order, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but it bears repeating, there's proper order in the Army, in the Navy. You have the Admiral in the Navy or the General in the Army, right? And you've got the Sergeant, you're in boot camp, right? And they're going to get in your face every now and then and tell you. And they're going to show you how to shoot that gun so that you don't shoot the good guy. Did, did, this is my iPad, but my Bible's on it. Did you know this is loaded? <laughs> we need to learn how to shoot it right. And people can get in trouble by not learning even how to pray right. You know. And sometimes you've got to teach people how to pray. It's like, that's all good, honey. Yeah, you look real good when you're praying, okay? But what are you praying about? What are you praying for? Well, I'm just shutting. <laughs> and you got to teach and train people. And there's got to, why are you doing this? Let's base it on something. Are you, are you, take somebody in your family. Are you just praying mysteries? Well, that's fine. Okay. But we don't do it for show. And, you know, you just, you praying mysteries? Well, that's great. You know, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Many times I'll just say, Holy Ghost, I need you to, hook up with me in this area. So I'll start, I'll name a specific area and say, I'm just gonna pray in the spirit about that a while. Uh, sometimes I, it just comes to my heart to pray in the Holy Ghost. So I'll say, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna hook up with you, whatever you want, and I'll, I'll, I'll pray about it. Um, other times we're praying the prayer of faith. What are you praying the prayer of faith for? It, it, you don't just you know, throw up, up in the air and say, whatever will be, will be. No, the prayer of faith is ask and you shall receive. So you, you pray the prayer of faith. You say, Lord, I receive by faith. If I asked you, or would you like my iPad? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so he took that by faith, right? Thank you. I need it back. <laughs> well, that's all God wants us to, to do is ask and then take it. So, so he didn't have to beg for it. God's already given. So, so that, I'm just, you know, using a few illustrations there. Uh, there are reasons that there are different ways to pray, and Dad Hagen has mentioned this. We, we shake up uh, several different things in a bag, and then, and then we just throw it out on people. Well, we need to learn how to pray properly. Yeah. We need to learn specifics yeah. about it. We need to learn why we praise and worship God. We need to learn uh, why do we have church services like that. There are different services. Uh, this service is a helps conference. I'm not teaching you on healing right now. Right. Although there is a healing ministry on our lives, and, and we mentioned to the pastors, if you want to advertise, we'd like to lay hands on the sick uh, because that's an endowment on our life, Amen. right? Uh, but specifically, we are preaching on helps, okay? Uh, I hope that's all right. In Ephesians 4.11, you all turn there, and I'm going to be reading. 
Ephesians 4.11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Really, our pastors are helping us, giving us good sheep food so that we don't get caught up in other wrong doctrines, right? In verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is ahead Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Oh, I believe uh, one of those joints is the pastoral supply according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. And we should do everything motivated by love. Uh, notice, let's go back, the, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word equipping means rendering fit, right ordering, maturing, full equipping, rendering fit, right ordering. I just don't believe in organized Christianity. What do you believe in? Because God is an organized God. And he's shown that from the Old Testament into the New. So uh, we, we ought not to uh, be disgruntled or get offended if pastor has rules. And again, he, you know, they don't say negative things about their church. So I, I'm not vying for anybody. I'm, okay, pastor, you said this about so-and-so, so I'll, I'll get him good in the service. <laughs> All right, let's turn to Hebrews 13. But 13, verse 7. Let's understand that there's a right ordering in the body of Christ. And if we will esteem who God has put in the body of Christ and that right ordering that will help mature the saints. If we will esteem what will equip us properly. You know, we have people here that have driven from Iowa uh, and, and they're esteeming the word of God this morning as you are. I mean, wherever you've come from, you're esteeming, you're hungry for something. You, you want understanding of God's word. I believe that everybody has a heart to do better. Amen. But it's one thing to have a heart to do better, but then things get crowded up in the heart because we're not properly renewing our mind. And then we get fuzzy in our thinking because what you renew your mind with will get down in your heart. And if you're dealing with heart issues of, I just don't know if I support my pastor, I just don't know if they did this right, uh, that means that you're not renewing your mind with the Word of God. And then you start getting fuzzy in your thinking, and then offense can come in, and then we can start talking with our mouth. And, and it just hinders us, and it hinders the local church. And he wants us to go to levels. And like I said, your pastors are excellent pastors. And this, this church obviously is growing and going to, to higher levels because you, you have the, the right ingredients here. But it takes an organized effort. It takes a commitment. It takes faith from the congregation, because a pastor cannot just go a certain way and then the congregation just, well, I want to do this. Well, I want to do this. Well, I want to do this. All right? But we need to learn to hook up with our faith and what God is, is sharing with them. Now, very quickly in Hebrews 13, and I know I'm sharing a lot of scriptures here, but Hebrews 13, verse 7. 
Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. That word follow means to imitate. Considering the outcome of their con conduct. That word considering means to look at attentively, observing. Paul said, follow my example. Pastors, we have to humble ourselves. You know, uh, there are people in our church that, that sometimes they, they have a people phobia. <laughs> and I just keep telling them, keep on coming back. Amen. Just keep on answering that thing. Well, I never really wanted to be up in front of people, let alone be one that teaches and preaches and that type of thing. And some, some of the ways God uses me are a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want people to make fun of me and laugh at me. And, and it's just like, just use your gift. Amen. Just be happy with who you are. Amen. Right? Uh, but we're supposed to follow the example of our pastors, of, of those spiritual leaders that God has put in our life. And, and pastors, we have, to, uh, we, we have to depend on God. Amen? I mean, sometimes I want to go home and flesh out and, re, you know, and watch uh, seven episodes of Storage Wars, okay? <laughs> and I have to ask myself, is that really edifying or, you know? We have to make choices all the time. Uh, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. And again, it, it warns about not getting, not, not getting or, or, or not feeding on wrong doctrines. And that means that we have to be close to our pastors who are feeding us the word of God, we have to constantly be developing our spirit, and that's why I wrote that book on living sensitive to the spirit. Well, uh, because God wanted me to, to remind people you need to develop your spirit. The number one thing that we teach our helps ministry and we teach our departments in the church and our leadership is develop your spirit. Yes. How do you do that? You have to feed on the word of God. You have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Oh, that's too simple. That's spiritual. Uh, excuse me? I thought I was teaching the Bible. I mean, if people, if you tell them to go move a mountain, or, you know, uh, if you tell them to go do hard labor, but if you tell them, read your Bible and pray, and you'll grow every day. No, I'll take the hard labor any day. I mean, I mean that's kind of the human mind. But it's simple, and God says if you read your Bible, if you renew the mind, if you get it down into your spirit, if you're praying in the Holy Ghost and walking in that power, if you're sensitive, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost is like a floodlight experience, and I talk about that also in Living Sensitive, uh, and it sheds light on the situation. So you're praying, and, but God gives you understanding for situations, and we have to be careful not to put our own interpretation on things, but uh, as we are led by the Spirit of God, we'll have an understanding of what steps we need to take in life, and then we need to roll up our sleeves and go do it. Amen. Those who hear and do, like Matthew 7 said. That's what it's all about. In the Amplified, Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their, consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith. 
See, that's what it's all about. We need to imitate, and a church cannot grow beyond the pastor. So what they're teaching and praying and what they're using their faith for, jump in. But, but Pastor Debbie, you don't understand. I've been burned by other churches, and, you, you know, well, how long has it been? Well, five years. How's that working out for you? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to let the past go. Maybe you're, maybe you're fairly new, and, you know, just, uh, I'll, be, I'll be sweet, okay? Maybe you're new, and, and you've been in past situations, and we have a heart for people. You know, we want to reach out to people. You, you want to be sweet to people. You want to help bring them along. I mean, trust me, the young ones in our church, we, we, we endeavor to help with them. We meet with them. We, we tell people, you know, encourage them. Take them out to dinner. You know, we pray for them that Christ be formed in them. Uh, that's our responsibility. But there comes a time and a place where they're going to have to lay down the old ways. And if you've been burnt, because 99% of the body of Christ has, if you've been in a dysfunctional family, 99.9999% of the body of Christ has been in a dysfunctional family. If I, if I told you some things I went through as a child, it, it would curl some of your hair. Maybe you want some curl, I don't know. But I won't talk about that. I know it's a dry joke. I, I understand. I, I take after my dad. All right. Uh, if he listens to this, he'll get a kick out of that one. Uh, but I could tell you some things, that, but I had to let the word wash that out of me. Now, another thing, that because we come out of dysfunctional families, and we come out of families uh, that people, they learn to leave when they don't like something. And the parable of the sower says those who are on the wayside are the ones that don't have understanding. Why don't they have understanding? Because uh, they're sitting in the back, so to speak. Their heart is not up front. It's, when, when we're doing this, we're protecting our heart so much, we're not getting the full revelation of God's word. And you have to understand, if God has spoken to you and said this is a church that you're to be at, it's just time to lay down the guards and say, okay, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, but it's been 10 years. Lay, lay it down. Yeah, but what if they lay it down? Yeah, but lay it down. Yeah, lay it down. Finally, you won't even have a yeah in there. Okay? In other words, you have to come to the place where you stop talking about it. There were things uh, with Pastor Nancy that she would talk about uh, self-helps books and, and that type of thing. It used to offend me. Now, I didn't go uh, display my ignorance by telling everybody else. You see, I said, Lord, you hooked me up with this ministry. But I have a counseling background and that type of thing. And I've been, you know, I, I had went through a lot of different things. And, and I had buku self-help books. But you know what? God, God dealt with me, you pray for her, but not your plan. Well, Lord, just change her. I know she's wrong, so change her. <laughs> no, that's not how you're supposed to pray. The Ephesians prayers don't pray anything like that, all right? In Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. They would know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, so on and so forth. Ephesians 3. 
Lord, strengthen them by the Holy Ghost in their inner man that they may see, be filled up to all the fullness of Christ. Amen. That they may know the, the height, the length, the width, yes. the depth. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Help them see, Lord. Whatever it is, help me see. Amen. Well, the Lord changed my mentality. The Word of God uh, washed that stuff out. And I, I went home one day and just threw all my books out. And some of them I had actually learned some things, but there was some poison in the others. I was cycling around things because there were things that I were reading that were not in line with the Word of God. And I'm not saying you have to go home and throw out all your books. But I had to put God's Word first. I had to renew my mind with God's Word. Understand, I, I, I came from a background where I had been abused in areas, even sexually abused and things like that. And that stuff used to trip me up. And I, I was in the middle of ministry years ago and, and, and was having flashbacks and, and things like that. And it, it just came to the time and place that I had to start living what I was preaching and teaching. Well, that's a novel idea. In the midst of how it hurt my soul, because your soul, you know, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you know, the, your, your body's motivated by your autonomic system. It likes to feel. But in the spirit realm, it's not by our feeling, it's by our spirit and what we know. And our mind is renewed with the word of God and it washes that. So it's not about feeling. So you can feel all the stuff from the past. Why? Because we're talking about it. And the more you talk about it, the more you're going to experience. But when you start cutting it off and answering the matter with the word of God, you're going to stop experiencing those things. So it's time, in line with what I was saying before, it's time to lay down the inhibition. It's time to get up and say, I'm going to jump in. My pastor cares about me. In Hebrews, let's go on down. Hebrews 13, verse 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Now, we are supposed to take uh, the, the word of God. We are supposed to take our relationship with the word. We are supposed to go and take Christ to others. We're not supposed to sit on it. We're supposed to go out. And we will start having problems in our local churches if we don't obey the Great Commission. Uh, Dad Hagen, I was learning, uh, read, uh, listening to Plans, Purpose, and Pursuits this last week CD series, and he made the statement that God told him that, th that in the early church, the reason that they were dealing with the persecution to the level that they were is because they weren't leaving the city. You understand? But we've got to be trained. We can't just go out and explode everywhere, and we don't have anything to explode with. We need our minds renewed. We need the word of God. Well, I'm supposed to go be a missionary. Well, get some training first. And make sure, uh, talk with your pastor. Just don't make decisions based on, uh, on your feelings. He's going to know if you're ready. And he's really going to know if that, that particular call is on your life because you get out there and, and the devil eats your lunch. All right? So we have to learn. So we're supposed to go take Christ. We're supposed to pray for the sick. Yes, you don't have to be a five-fold minister to lay hands and pray for the sick. You don't have to have a special endowment of healing on your life. Just, just pray for them. Just lay hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. See, or we'll, we'll have problems in our local church. And see, that's many times the reason offense starts in a local church. Because people start getting sour. 
They start getting stagnant. And when they need to be going out and using what they have because they honor the gift of God who's teaching and preaching to them, when they need to be going out and giving it, rather they're sitting there and offended and talking. And, yeah. and that's a big part of the body of Christ today. No, we need to get off our tuff yeah. or duff or whatever it is. Yeah. And we need to get out. We need to use the gift of yeah. God. Why? Because we're being taught and trained the Word of God, we need to go share Christ with people. We need to get people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then we need to bring them back to the local church where they can get trained. You see, that, that's the order. That's the divine order. But if we don't do that, then God will allow persecution to come in. And what happens? Well, you have some disarray going on. But sometimes you need that disarray uh, in order to get order back in. So some people don't understand, well, yeah, I don't understand that. Well, in order to get a, a car back over out of the ditch on the other side, sometime you got to do some major things. You know, you got to get the pulleys out and get it up. Well, praise the Lord. So we need, we need to be, rather than talking about our supply, rather than offended, rather than keep holding on offense that we've had over the years and it carries over in the local church, we need to be taking the Word of God, uh, steaming, what, we need to be sitting and grabbing hold of it and say, okay, now I have something to take to work with me. Uh, now I have something to go take my family. I'm visiting them this weekend. And hopefully you're not visiting them every weekend because you need to be in church. Amen. Praise the Lord, that was all free. All right. Just got to deal with things here and there. All right, moving down. Verse 17, obey those who rule over you. Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. And you just need to pray for your pastor every day. Now, I want you to go to 1 Kings. Real quickly, go to 1 Kings, because this is something that Lord, the Lord dealt with me. 1 Kings 19, verse 16. And I'll start reading here. It's talking about Elijah. The Lord was uh, telling him to go anoint some kings, but he also told him uh, to go visit a young man called Elisha. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Uh, that word place means room. Now, I wrote this down. I want to read it how, how I said it. A pastor or minister is always imparting the word and the ministry of the Spirit in order to teach and train the congregation to imitate their example of godly living in order to go into their room. Now, understand, and I'm going to read on here, understand that Elijah, uh, uh, God told him, I want you to go ordain Elisha because he's going to take your place. All right? Now, that wasn't the next day he took Elijah's place. 
There, there was a process there, and, and he became his servant, and we'll talk about that. But understand, uh, we're not necessarily talking about the prophet's ministry, but we can liken this, and the Lord put this in my heart, we can liken this to the pastoral office. He's constantly teaching the congregation. He's constantly bringing them to the place to use their faith so that they can go into his room. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And they can help with their faith, and they can help with their prayers. So that their pastor can get to the places that he needs to go. He's got endowments on his life. She has endowments on her life. Uh, There are things that God has endowments on my life to minister to backs, minister to hearts, deaf ears, bone problems. And the church needs to understand and be in prayer before services, especially if if they, they know I'm ministering along the line of healing. And just be yielded to the Holy Ghost. And they need to uh, themselves be feeding on healing constantly. Because we have a strong healing anointing on our lives. And the church, actually Dr. Dufresne just ministered this to us the last time he was here. Just about three weeks, four weeks ago. And he said this church has a healing anointing on it. Now he has ministered to Pastor Jay and I about the healing anointing on our lives. Do you understand that the healing anointing on the church is proportional to the healing anointing on the ministers? So they are not able to walk in a healing anointing unless we we take them and we preach the word of healing to them. And they need to learn how to be healed in their own bodies. But there's a healing, well what do we do? You go minister healing to people. You talk about healing. You, you, see, you see somebody uh, and you say, hey, can, can I give you this book? Can I share some things with you? See, that, that's why I, I'm writing that book. Because, frankly, I've read a lot of books, and I, I just, in my heart, it's like, it's not meeting the need. Come on. But that's just part of why God wants me to. I'm not saying they're all wrong. But uh, I, I just, there, there needs to be more. Uh, Dr. Dufresne says we all need to write books. <laughs> I mean, I mean he'd, he'd have my dog writing a book. <laughs> I mean, you just got to keep on your toes around Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, and they, just be on it. Amen. Uh, uh, but anyway, they won't function in the same endowments, talking about the church, all right, Uh, as the pastor, but a church has a collective call to follow the pastor into his room or rooms. A congregation must go to the same levels of faith for ministry that the pastor does in order to carry their anointing to the people, to the city, and to the world. Pastor Jay had it on his heart uh, to purchase a building. And it was a fairly good-sized building. And... uh, when it came down, and, and that's actually when Pastor Nancy came out, uh, the Spirit of God spoke through her about the Fredonia revelation, about not emphasizing the side of, size of the buildings, but the spiritual growth. And the Lord began to talk to us, yes, that would be a good thing. That building would be a good thing, but the congregation is not there in their faith, and you would have to stay home more, and you would not be able to support Dr. and Pastor's ministry, and you would not be able to go out and, and fund your own ministry as well. So we had to pull back from that. Yeah. Now, I, I share, Pastor Jay shared that, and then I was preaching and teaching uh, in a, a service about that. And, and I, I said, you know, and God, he, he's released us from that building. And then I heard somebody sigh in the background. Oh! Uh-oh. 
like it was a big load taken off them. And that just did something to my dander, the back of my head, you know. And I thought, well, I'm going to answer this. I said, okay, you might have a release in the flesh about that. But it ought to be our heart that when Pastor Jay gets up here and says that God's put it on my heart to buy a building, that we say, yes, Pastor, amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we go home and we strengthen our faith and we meditate on faith scriptures and we meditate on prosperity scriptures. And then this is a novel idea we get in our checkbook. We put our faith out for growth. Thank you for those, those glares. I appreciate that. I love you. We're almost through here, okay? 1 Kings 19, uh, verse 19. So he departed from there. 1 Kings 19, verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Oh, and to just finish that story, I told the congregation, we ought to, and the Lord is releasing us from this project, but that, that doesn't mean that's his best. So we better get ready in this interim time. Let's not get sloppy. Let's get our, I mean, you, you meditate. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, folks. It's not all on us. If we're ever going to go into a new building, uh, it's, it's going to be the whole congregation. Pastor Jay and I cannot carry everybody. And according to what the Spirit of God was saying through Pastor Nancy about that Fredonia revelation is, we can't emphasize, uh, we're not trying to emphasize the bigness of the church. We're emphasizing the spiritual quality. And that means that we need to teach people, we need to back up, teach them faith. They're not ready. Back up and teach them faith until they are ready. And in this last year, we have purchased three, actually, yeah, three more new buildings. We have a facility over 30-some thousand square foot. You know, I don't know how many acres, but whatever that is. It's kind of inner city there. Uh, and renovated, and it's just been God. And we didn't get that building. Uh, really, the building that we were looking at probably would have been better than even what we have now because it was in one facility. But that's, God dealt with us uh, to purchase the, the buildings around us. And, and it's serving the purpose, and we're growing, we're expanding. Yeah. But it's because we, uh, we, didn't get, we didn't get slack. Oh, you can just lay down in your faith. It's all right. Well, no, we had to be ready when God said, go do that, and the people were ready. And not only were they ready in their faith, but they were ready in their pocketbooks. They were using their faith for promotions. And, okay? And, and you understand, Pastor Jay and I are uh, really uh, some of the biggest givers in the church. There may be, may be one or two people that give more than us, okay? Come on. So we back up what we say, and that, not in just our local church. We give Dr. Tran, Pastor Nancy. I mean, we're givers. Amen. Personally, Amen. we're givers. But we have to teach it, all right? So we departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with uh, 12 yoke of oxen before him. He was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle. Now, the mantle is a type of an anointing. And people in that day understood that if a prophet throws his mantle on you, that means uh, that you're going to be their servant. All right? And he left the oxen. Really, it means uh, that they can actually take their place, but they're going to have to pass the test. It's not an easy thing. 
as, as you, if you've read the story, you'll see. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again. What, I've, what have I done to you? In other words, do you understand what I've done? See, he was saying to Elijah, do you understand? Do you know what I've done to you? He wasn't just trying to shoo him off. He, he was trying to get him to understand so that he would come back. How many people come into the door and they say, Pastor, this is the place God has set me in. Praise the Lord. You are my pastor. I am getting blessed. I'm getting ministered. And then they go out the door and they forget what God did to them that day. How many people? They've been in a church for a year or two years. And they leave and they just one weekend with a family member. Well, really, not just that weekend, but it's because they would not lay a fence down. And eventually that offense will eat your lunch. And people leave and they forget what's been done to them. You see, I believe that mantle in the New Testament covenant is the Word and the Spirit. And that mantle is being thrown on to us every service by the pastor. And so when we leave that door and we go out and we're dispersed into the cities and we're preaching and teaching on the highways and out in the world, we need to remember where to go back to yeah. for our supply. That's right. And that's what he was teaching him. One translation says, Elisha deserted the ox and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll follow you. Go ahead, said Elijah, but mind you, don't forget what I've, do- I've just done for you. Don't forget. Real quickly, let's go to 2 Kings 2. Second Kings 2, it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elijah, stay here please for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. How many people have you heard? Pastor, I won't leave you. I promise I won't leave you. But then the enemy's dogging them, dogging them. Because those past things uh, that brought in unstability in your life will come back and harass you. You can answer it with the word, and Pastor Nancy's taught us this, you answer it with the word, but he will come back at a more opportune time. The rest of your life, he'll challenge you, but that's why you've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't allow offense. Tell your neighbor, don't allow offense. Tell your other neighbor, don't allow offense. Just shout it to anybody who hears. Don't allow offense. Stay with your supply. Go and share Christ. Lay hands on the sick. Use it. Take it. But understand, come back. Now, uh, Pastor Jay made this statement. I love it. I believe that God will test you right before something significant is about to happen spiritually in your life. See, God brings people to a church to bless them. But if they leave, he can't help them. In God's word translation, that 2 Kings 2, verse 2 says, Elijah said to Elijah, please stay here because the Lord is sending me to Bethel. Elijah answered, I solemnly swear as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not abandon you. So they went to Bethel. I will not abandon you. I won't leave you. I was reminded by... Stephen Dufresne said to his dad one day, Dad, I won't leave you. 
And he just said, you know, my heart just, I won't leave you. You see, I have a lot of respect. Pastor's children, they go through a lot of harassment. Sometimes you, you may not even understand. You don't even understand what a pastor goes through. You, I know as a church, you're going to be harassed and there's certain things that are coming pressing against you and that's why he's teaching the word. But how much more your pastors are dealing with and, and their families are dealing with things. And I, I respect, with all my heart, I respect a family that says, I will not leave you. It is my job, it is my assignment, I will not leave your back. I've got your back. I'm coming back after Bible school and I'm going to help you and... I'm not leaving. Amen. 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 I respect that. Three times Elijah was really testing Elisha, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. Go on, get out of here. Leave me. I, I got things to do. But he wouldn't leave. I don't know how many times I've said, well, I'm, I'm doing this, or I'm, I'm doing that, or I'm going over here. And I, I've got certain people, it's like, Pastor, we're going with you. We're going with you. I was like, well, you're going to have to pay your own way. Yeah, I'm still going. Uh, okay. That's up to you. It's up to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, I want you to understand, I, I, I'm just going to, so he wouldn't abandon him. And because of that, when Elisha was taken up in the whirlwind, and, and basically Elisha said to them, uh, well, Elisha asked Elijah for a, a double portion. Elijah said, you know, what do you want? In other words, you're following me around all over the place. You won't abandon me. What do you want? <laughs> I want a double portion. Well, that's a hard thing you've asked, but if you see me go up in that whirlwind, you'll get it. In other words, uh, he needed to be close. He needed to see what his spiritual father was doing. Yeah. You need to see, you need to be close. I'm not talking about go out to dinner and be their buddy. Right. You know, we have some individuals, and I understand that, that come in, to, they ask for a spiritual guidance meeting, they have a pad and paper there and say, okay, pastor, what do you need to tell me? I just want to be close. <laughs> I'm like, well, I appreciate you want to be close, but it's really in the services. And I appreciate their heart, but yeah. we have to train, you know, that it's not necessarily, we'd be having to have spiritual guide me, you know, counseling meetings with the whole church because they want to be close. I'm the, yeah. They want to go out to lunch with us or dinner or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, and there are certain things that are given to some congregation members. They're going to be able to spend more time with us because we're teaching and training them or in their leadership roles or what, but they're not our buddy. That's right. When I hired Teresa, I told her, you're not going to be my buddy. She said, Pastor, did I do something wrong? I said, no, you didn't do anything wrong. But you're not going to be my buddy. If we go out to lunch and we have meetings and things like that, it's all going to be training. That's it. Teresa's our administrator. All right, so very quickly here. So he needed to stay close, if you see me. And then, of course, we know that the same miracles and even more, double. Elisha walked in. All right, yeah, double. In Mark 6, 1, I'm just going to read it real quick. He went out from there, talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Mark 6, 1, 
He went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Familiarity breeds contempt. We cannot be their buddy. We cannot, need to, we cannot get to know the pastors in, in a familiar way. We just need to honor the word that's going, and pray for them. And frankly, if somebody belong that belongs to a church that does not teach redemption, I'm talking about freedom from spiritual death, sickness and disease, prosperity, and, and the Lord leads them on because they're not getting the full gospel, that's one thing, but leave quietly. Do not dishonor the person that's in charge. Amen. Don't talk. Don't be calling other people. I'm going to be leaving because I don't like what they're preaching. Come on, come on. You see, God brought you to a place to help you. And if you went up to a certain light and then uh, you, he needs to take you on to another church because you're not getting full light, that's one thing. But another thing is if you're just moving out because you're offended. That's just a mentality. You should never leave out of offense. Amen. You should always honor the word that somebody gives to you. And if they, if they don't have the full gospel, they're not preaching, teaching, healing. Well, at least you got saved. Come on. Amen. Yes. Maybe you didn't get saved, but you got something. All right. <laughs> so I, I told you the story and, and, uh, about Joshua, and I'm just going to mention this real quickly. Let's go to Numbers 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? That's not the example you want to follow. All right, let's go on down. Let's go on down. Verse 4. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out, then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. Uh, God was ticked off. Yeah. Yeah. He was mad. Yeah. All right. Uh, God can get mad. Let's not give him a reason to <laughs> by yielding to offense and following people that get offended. So the three came out, then the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle, called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, so on and so forth. What he was saying is, he's the one I set in divine order. You need to listen to him and not speak against him or get offended. The pastor is one that God said in the local church. And if we honor the word coming forth and we pray for him, uh, then he's able to joyfully give the church what it needs. The church grows in faith. They're able to come into the rooms that the pastor has and help carry him to the places he needs to go. That's the only way that we can have an effective church effective helps ministry, effective leadership, yeah. if you get these principles. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could just address all the leadership, and it really the thing that would help you the most is stay in love and don't get offended. Amen. And honor the man of God that God has put you Amen. under. Yeah. Honor yeah. the woman of God that he's put you under. If you remember those principles, you won't get off. Yeah. And there's a lot of things encased in that, but renew your mind. Yeah. 
do what God says. Amen? And, and we uh, could go over where God told Moses to send leadership into the land. And, and it said there that also he sent Joshua, right? right? And Joshua and Caleb went too. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that said, we are able to do this, but the other leadership. Now, God had been telling them for years, I've given you this land. It wasn't an option. It was time to go. God was saying, it's time. So Moses, go send them to the land that I'm giving to them. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that said, it's ours. Remember that story I told you about going into that building and the lady is, no, God was giving us that building, but we had to have a plan B because we needed to back up and teach faith. All right? Moses had to back up and start teaching faith because the, pe- the leadership and the people digressed and they were crying and they were complaining. But it was Joshua and Caleb were the ones that went into the land. Now, Joshua had an interesting past because it talks about in Exodus how Joshua went up to Mount Sinai with Moses. And God told Moses, tell the people, don't touch the base of the mountain, but come, I want to talk to them. You want to know how the people responded? The lightnings came and the thunderings came and there was a real good Holy Ghost meeting going on. And the people were afraid. And not only did they not want to get close, he just said, don't touch the base of the mountain. See, there's divine order. God allowed Moses to come up and hear. I think there was another time he allowed Aaron to come up there. But then uh, remember when uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it was just him and Joshua that went up. And Aaron was supposed to go down and take care of the people. But what did Aaron do? Is not the example to follow. The people came and said, hey, where's Moses at? And they, they made a golden calf, and Aaron helped them. Uh, that's, not the, that's not the way to lead. <laughs> Undermine the pastor when he's gone out of town. So when your pastors are gone, when they're out of town, they need you to step it up. Not be talking on the phone about how I don't like pastor. And where is he at? Where is he at? Oh, move right along. Sorry if I... Sorry if I was speaking to somebody there. I, I mean, <laughs> nothing pastor told me. I just know how it works. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we have to take care of things when we get back. Mom and dad back in town now. So Moses, he got back in town, had to deal with that thing. But it set him back years. And there's only two that went into the land, Joshua and Caleb. But Joshua was a servant. For years, he went up, he had a hungry heart. He prayed for Moses. He learned He had to be a consecrated person or he never would have been able to go up that mountain in the first place. You understand? The people, they not only were afraid of God, best Holy Ghost meeting you could ever have, lightning, thunderings going on, and God wanted to come talk with them, but they were afraid. He said, no, Moses, you talk to us. We don't want to talk to God. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.